Hey, Paul's pals and Dana and Charles, who are here with me right now. Charles is over here giggling because <laughs> it's just, yes. uh, we're in a good mood because guess what? It's football season. Da -da, da -da -da. I know. You guys are Ravens fans. I'm Ravens assuming, all right? the way. For the premise of this conversation, I am. Oh <laughs> you God. better be a Ravens fan. We might have to disown you. Yeah. Are you not? I'm just not a football person. Oh, oh. he's a hockey guy. That's right. right. But I have to say, I love mascots, though, no matter the sport, like the Phillies fanatic. And uh, do you know who the mascot is for the Ravens? I know this much, at least about the Ravens. Well, of course, Poe. We all know that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, did you know there's two other mascots actually brought out of retirement this year? Oh, fell Edgar and Alan. Oh, dun dun dun. Wow. Edgar, wonder who Alan. they're named after. Poe? But why is that so significant? Why are we talking about the Ravens today? Well, we're talking about the Ravens today because the team, the Ravens, was actually named after a famous poem written by Edgar Allan Poe. I think you all know which one I'm talking about. The Raven. Mm -hmm. um, and and it's pretty significant because Edgar Allan Poe actually uh, lived here in Baltimore and died here in Baltimore and is now buried right here on UMB's campus at Westminster Hall, which is what we're actually talking about today. Sounds like a fun conversation. Spooky conversation, sounds like. Yeah, totally appropriate. It is spooky season, and we are talking about spooky Edgar Allan Poe and his gravesite, which is here at Westminster Hall. So let's get to talking about the history and what the connection is here to UMB. You're listening to the heartbeat of the University of Maryland, Baltimore, the UMB Pulse. What a great time to be talking to Jessica Williams and Heather McElveen from Westminster Hall, University of Maryland, Baltimore School of Law. And of course, I think the biggest connection is Edgar Allan Poe. So we have a lot to talk about and a perfect time of year with Halloween coming. So welcome, ladies. Thank you. Westminster Hall, located on Fayette and Green Street. We're connected because we're run by Marilyn Carey Law. Heather and I both work for each establishment, planning events, internal and external. Westminster Hall was established back in the 1700s when there was a Presbyterian community established from about 10 families. They needed a burying ground. So the burying ground that you see on the corner is the burying ground that was there. As the community grew, they needed a church for worship. And so that church was erected. And then underneath were the tombs. So that became the catacombs that you see today. And how did it, how did Westminster Hall become under the care of the Francis King Carey School of Law. So the church was active until about 1977. Because the community had grown, many people had moved, it, moved to the suburbs. The church was just inactive, and Maryland King Carey Law took it over, restored it, and then opened it up as Westminster Hall, no longer a church. And so now we use it for internal, external events. That's corporate events. That's weddings. That's nonprofit events. That's anything that will bring revenue to Westminster Hall. And so we've heard, of course, that Edgar Allan Poe is buried here, and you have visitors each year or throughout the year specifically for that grave site. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Edgar Allan Poe was buried here. He was actually buried in the back of the cemetery until there was a program called Pennies for Poe where a school teacher, Miss Rice, 
raised money with her students to create a new monument for Edgar Allan Poe so he could be more prominent and seen. So they moved him to the front of the cemetery at the corner of Green and Fayette Street, and that's where the monument stands today. And he's buried with his wife, who is also his cousin, and his mother-in-law slash aunt. And you were talking earlier how people will leave pennies for Poe on the actual monument. And do you collect that money? What happens to that? We do collect the money. It goes into a fund that we have and is just to keep the restoration of the graveyard and everything going. How does it feel to work in such a historic place where you have the founders of Baltimore, you have James McHenry resting peacefully. Resting peacefully (laughs) here on the grounds. Talk a little bit about a pride that goes into such a historical grounds. I think it's wonderful. When I came here because I got a taste of history, I got a taste of higher education, and I was there prior to in both fields, but this was together. I don't think I knew when I came here the history that Westminster had. I remember I was walking around with uh George Bird, he's our facilities guy, and he took me on a tour when I first came of the burying grounds. And he had me, he said, read different names on the tombs. And I'm reading saying Calhoun and Bentlow and Stricker. And he looked at me and he said, do they ring a bell? I said, those are street names. And he said, exactly. And so then that history started coming out that there are so many prominent Revolutionary War heroes, War of 1812, politicians that are here that people are really coming to see. And we're the ones that are are providing that to them. So it's wonderful. Yeah. It's a treat. It just goes to, to show like the amount of special stories that can be uncovered here in the city. So you took us on a tour of the catacombs as well. And to describe to people what you'll find under there, or maybe who you'll find under there. In the catacombs, we have multiple tombs, crypts, under there. One of the most famous people under there would be General Swan. So General Swan is buried there with his wife. And to the left of General Swan, you'll go through a door and you get to look down what we call William's Crypt. And William's Crypt allows you to see into one of the crypts and you can see how far down it actually goes. You can see the remnants of of a casket because there was an underground river that actually destroyed the caskets, but it allows you to see how the tombs were created. And another thing to note about General Swan is that he's someone that people have maybe seen when they went down there and would take the tours and stuff. I have personally never seen him, but I have heard stories that people have seen this man in his uniform walking around down there. And one of our tour guides, Luann Marshall, has been involved with a paranormal group and They told her that General Swan likes her, but does not like that she brings a group of people with her. So I always say hi to General Swan when I go down. (laughs) So any group, any tour groups that come need to be very nice to General Swan. Absolutely. Be very nice to your tour guide as well. We mentioned catacombs, too. I think maybe for some people what comes to mind are maybe like the ones in Europe and France where you see like skulls everywhere. But it's not like that at all. What actually do people see as they walk the, the grounds? It's a dirt ground because it was originally outside since the church was built over top of it. And you will see tombstones throughout. And also we have a 
ice casket down there for you to see. And we have the original pews from the church because we will play about a 12 minute video during a tour for you. So ice casket, what in the world is an ice casket? An ice casket is what they use when we didn't have embalming. So they would put ice around the outside of a metal frame that's inside the casket to keep the body preserved from the time of death until burial. It was popular from the 1820s to the 1840s. And actually, most Americans could not afford them. So it was a privilege to be able to do that and have the body preserved. And speaking of tours, this is like the perfect time of year. We have Halloween just around the corner. Tell us about the public tours that you do and how someone can sign up. We do public and private tours. Oh, great. So beginning in November, the first Saturday of each month, we will host a public tour. So that means if you are just hanging around downtown and you happen to be in the area, the first tour starts at 10, the second tour starts at 1, you're welcome to come with the tour guide and tour through the catacombs and tour the burying ground. You will not tour Westminster Hall, unfortunately, but you're going to get that history. You're going to see the ice casket that Heather mentioned. It is $5 because that money, again, goes back to the restoration of the burying ground. Or you have the option of a private tour. With that, you just email us or you will call us, and we would arrange that with our tour guide. The private tour is can run between nine and nine. We arrange that with the tour guide based on your schedule and the time that you would like. And those are wonderful also. And there's a lot to see there too. If you all are interested in the history of Baltimore and maybe getting into the spooky season, this is a great tour to be on. Absolutely. If someone wanted to do, for instance, a Halloween tour since you didn't start till November. How much notice do you have to give in advance if you want a private tour on one of those special days? We would usually say about two weeks and that's because we have to notify our tour guide but we do have and we host a Halloween tour. Oh great. We have been doing this for many years. It's actually on Halloween October 31st. It's from 6 to 9 and during that time you can come in. We usually have the pipe organ playing. This year we're going to be showcasing Hollywood Graveyards. That is a YouTube channel that focuses on different graveyards throughout America. And so this year they're going to be focusing on us and also the Poe House and some other sites. So we're going to be filming that. You can tour the graveyard. You can tour the catacombs. We're going to have the Daniel Myers Choir. It's a lot of surprises, a lot of surprises. So we encourage you to come on out. Oh, I'm going to get my tickets for that. That's awesome. Something we would have to sign up for most likely in advance, or do you think you could walk up? You can walk up. There is a nominal fee, again, $5. So it's my understanding in the past, in the probably the early 2000s, maybe 1998 or so, that we used to have a crowd that stretched around the corner that just would wait to get in. Yeah, it sounds like a perfect thing to Mm -hmm. do on Halloween. We talked about different tours, but there's also tours done by other organizations. So we try as best as we can to include Westminster in the community tours. Just recently, the end of September, we had the Bromo Arts Walk, and that's where the community walks around to different art venues, including Westminster. It's free to the public, and if you came to Westminster, you got a tour of the catacombs. Do you know of any other organizational tours 
tours that are coming up or if the Arts Walk is going to be rotating? So the Arts Walk is every year. They usually do it two times a year during the summer, during the fall. I would say definitely check out our website because whenever we participate in something, it's going to be on our website. Good to know. So what about activities that you do in tandem with internal departments or organizations? The Arts Council, I know, does something. You do some lunch series. So the Arts Council does host a tour. It's not scheduled currently, but I would say look out because if you look in the Elm, that would be listed and you can just sign up, register, and you get a tour of the catacombs and of Westminster Hall. In spring of 2023, we hope to bring back our Lunch Under the Pipe series. That's an opportunity for you to bring your lunch, to come sit in Westminster Hall and hear not necessarily the pipe organ, but it may be a school choir. It may be a jazz band. It could be anything. It's a surprise. So we're right now planning that. Yeah, so just everybody keep an eye out in the Elm for events like this that you can attend. And if you're not familiar with the Elm because you don't go to UMB, that's our internal newsletter for the university. So just visit Elm, like the tree, E-L-M dot umaryland.edu. And another spooky date on the calendar is Friday the 13th, but not necessarily for a graveyard tour. Tell us about why people book a certain event on Friday the 13th. We actually have a lot of weddings that like to be on Friday the 13th because of our venue. Since they want a spooky type wedding, we booked October 13th, 2023, back in 2021, sight unseen. Somebody is a good planner. And our very own Jenna has been to a wedding here. I have. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And Heather said that she actually remembers my friends who got married here. And I got to say, like the Westminster Hall venue is absolutely beautiful for a wedding. The stained glass just like sets this whole like look and feel to everything. And they have this giant pipe organ that takes up the entire back wall and just fills the entire hall with this awesome music. And my my friends who got married got married on Halloween weekend. So it was right up their alley. And then cocktail hour was down in the catacombs. It was a lot of fun, but it's not just a wedding for people who love spooky season and ghosts and graveyards. It's also a really beautiful venue and historic. And that, that pipe organ is really amazing the way that it just fills the room. And being on staff at UMB, we've had the pleasure of having, being involved with events that have been in there. We just recently had the swearing in of our police chief about a week or so ago. And it it is, it's a beautiful room. You just get into such a, I guess, is it Gothic revival architecture? Puts you in that mood of times past. And since we're talking about specifically that that space and the architecture, the stained glass is actually the original stained glass in the building. Is that correct? That is correct, except for, I think, a couple panes because we did have a fire at one point, but they restored it to look like the original that was there. And then, so you were also struck by lightning at one point. We were. I'm not sure of the date of that, but we were struck by lightning. And in the front of Westminster Hall, we have two pictures, and you can see on one side what it looked like before we were struck by lightning and what it looked like after. And we lost some of the gorgeous architecture at the top of the building. Yeah, definitely a big difference. Those spires made it much more regal. Yeah, definitely more regal. But you have done some upkeep because obviously it's a very old building. We've seen some of the renovation photos. When was this renovated? And then talk a little bit about some of the exterior work that was done recently. So it was renovated in 1977 when the law school took it over. Throughout the years, we like to say it's the 
Gothic revival along with the modern day conveniences. So it's been a lot of restoration throughout the years. One recent restoration was the Gottfried Gate. We received that grant from Maryland Historic Trust probably about three years ago. If you're driving past Green Street and you look on the left-hand side, you will see the pillars have been restored. You'll see the gate has been restored. The gate, that was built back in the 1700s. It lasted really obviously really long, but it was the wear and the tear of the weather that just kept on hitting it. So again, the gate was was restored, the pillars were restored. We also received another grant from the state, and that is to restore all of our plaques throughout the cemetery. If you look at some of the plaques, some of them are in great condition, others not so great. So we're looking at the signage that was created back in 1970-ish, and then we're going to probably rewrite some of the signs, not many, but update some of them and get those restored and put back up. You mentioned that one involves, you said the Virginia Powell's? Yes. That was in partnership with the Poe House. We wrote a grant. We honored Virginia Poe, her bicentennial this year. We had several lectures here at Westminster. We had some virtual events, but that grant for Westminster went towards the signage. You were wondering this earlier, if the Poe toaster comes out still The Poe Toaster does not come out anymore. He ended his reign a little while ago. Supposedly his son took care of it for a little bit, but didn't want to continue and just disappeared. So the Maryland Historical Society actually held a contest to get a new Poe Toaster. So we do have a new Poe Toaster, but he plays the violin now instead of doing the actual cognac and rose at the monument, which actually was at his back grave, not the front grave that everybody thinks. So Heather and Jessica, I can't help but ask, do you know who this person is? No, or is we it's a well-kept secret? <laughs> well-kept secret. That's good. Keep some of the mystery in the air. How about our listeners, if somebody would be interested in booking the space, how would they go about that? How do they get in touch with you? So Westminster is available for private and corporate events. You can go to our website, www.westminsterhall.org, or you can give us a call directly. We work with a variety of caterers. We like to say that the venue is great for any events, from weddings to corporate events to lectures, because we host them all, because we're here at the university. We'll tour you around if you need a tour. We'll sit with you. We'll help you plan it. We're here for everything. And do you have preferred caterers? Are people allowed to bring in an outside caterer? We do have preferred caterers. However, if you have a caterer of choice, we would meet that caterer, uh, walk them around, give them our expectations, and then we would go from there. Okay, sounds good. What is each of your favorite part about working with Westminster Hall? This is such a cool place to work for, I feel like. I find it really interesting when I have families doing genealogy and coming back to see where people have been buried. I actually had one woman show me the will and what someone gifted based off of their past and everything. So that was really neat. I have it saved in a book and everything. That's so interesting. So families still come back here to see relatives and distant relations that may have been buried here at some point. Absolutely. Very cool. I love it when I can make somebody's day. A lot of times it's just by coincidence that I may be outside, someone's touring the ground, and they want to come inside. And usually Westminster is not open to the public during regular business hours. It's only open during private events. So when somebody is here touring and I'm outside and they say, can I come inside and I'm able to bring them inside, 
And it's the awe factor of when they walk in and they see the stained glass windows, they see the pipe organ. And it's the venue that's been on the corner for years, but nobody has seen inside. And so when you can just see the sparkle in their eyes, it's wonderful. That's terrific. Thanks, ladies, for sharing all of your history and knowledge with us. Thank you for our own private little tour. That was super special. This was a lot of fun, and I hopefully a lot of people will listen and will want to come and take a look. Thank Great. you. Thank you. UMB Pulse with Charles Chalet, Dana Rampola, and Jenna Frick is a UMB Office of Communications and Public Affairs production. Edited by Charles Chalet, sound engineering by Jenna Frick, marketing by Dana Rampola.